What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mixtapes. Another great show today. Looking forward to it. My guest on today's show is the drummer of the platinum band Saliva. He also plays in a new band called Cold Words with his two sons, Mr. Paul Crosby. How are you doing today? I am alive and well, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show. The first question I always love asking my guests is, do you remember when your musical journey first started? Yeah, I mean, um, I may not have realized it at that time, but looking back now, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, um, uh, as far as uh, the playing part of music um, goes, um, yeah, my, my I had an adopt I have an adopted brother and when he came to live with us, he was a drummer and he was always air drumming and stuff in the bedroom. And I, I looked up to him and I thought he was like the coolest thing since sliced bread. You know what I mean? Nice. So that kind of was what made me want to start playing drums initially. Okay. But even at that point, I still wasn't into like rock and metal music yet. Um, that came about a year or so later when I started, when I started sk- getting into skateboarding and, one of my buddies on the on the big old jam box with the cassette player, you know, popped in Metallica Master of Puppets when it first came out. And that like, I'm like, hold the presses, man. And then so that that combined with already wanting to play drums just made it, you know, morphed it into what it became, I guess. Oh, man, that's a mind blower for you. I mean, Van Halen Jump was the first song I heard that made me want to play guitar. So to hear Master Puppets is the first thing that got you into like wanting to really play drums. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's amazing because that rec to me, still that record stands. It stands. It holds up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's something I can still listen to and go, yeah, that's that's pretty, man, pretty awesome. It's one of the best records of top five, man, of, of I think of all time. You know, it's got to be up there. I'm not going to disagree with you at all on that. Yeah. Um, so influences growing up, like, like drummers, who were you? Who were you into drummers when you were when you're younger? Who were you digging? Well, obviously at the very you know beginning stages, uh, um, you know Lars Ulrich was a big influence on me at the time. Um, I'm still a huge Metallica fan, obviously. Uh, um, Nico McBrain, nice. you know drummers like that at the very beginning stages. Tom, Tommy Lee was a huge influence, obviously. Uh, uh, Dave Lombardo, all of the you know the early '80s more heavier on the on the metal side you know and then then of course you know in the in the mid 80s i was definitely i I always had a wide palette so i was definitely into the hair metal bands big into that and and all that stuff but the very beginning stages those were the you know like the the big the bigger influences and then later as it as time you know like mike portnoy is one of my huge uh influences i mean there's a there's a bunch morgan rose now you know there's there's uh Shannon Larkin he's badass um just just there's just so many but it, it definitely started with the I guess the the thrash kind of drum metal drummers from back in the in the early 80s so were you uh were you begging mom and dad for a double bass kit then <laughs> yeah at first well like I said at first when I, I decided I wanted to play drums I knew I wanted to play drums and then after the Metallica Master of Puppets incident that's when I actually asked my parents for a drum set but I still didn't know a whole bunch about drumming and drums, you know, cause I was a kid. And uh, so I didn't even think about the whole, I didn't know the difference between a single bass and a double bass at the time. You know what I mean? Sure. So sure. I, just, I, I, I got, I think it was like a kick drum, floor tom, one rack tom, snare drum, like a little four piece kit. And I was happy just to have that. 
But then the very next year, I asked for a uh, a double bass drum set, and I got I got that. You know what I mean? So by that time, I had kind of figured it out. And I think in the meantime, I um, I had gotten another little kit, so I had like my old original crappy drum kit kick drum with my little bit nicer drum kit kick drum so i had you know two bass drums yeah yep. <laughs> and i think i think the next year i asked my parents for the matching other kick drum you know what i mean and some yep. cymbals and stuff like that every year my christmas list was some kind of drum equipment you know that's awesome man yeah it's really funny how we piece it together me being a guitar player i'm piecing together foot pedals or different amps or now we need yeah. the better amp yeah it's i mean it's it's right. just about I mean, what- dude, one of the best guitar guitarists and guitars ever on the earth was frankenstein a frankenstein guitar that eddie van halen made you know what i'm saying so yep absolutely man absolutely i mean and and to think like he really changed so much about guitar i mean everybody looks at him as a guitar player and everybody looks at him as always amazing sad but people don't realize how much he actually changed with the instrument the drop d tuna you know putting a, a humbucker in a strat you know taping the thing up i mean He's a, a responsible lot of people for a don't lot. know that 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 tablature was invented because of Eddie Van Halen. A lot of people don't know that because he couldn't read. So when they were like, "Hey, how can you transcribe your solo?" No, yeah, I just do it like this. Yeah. So they they kind of like invented you know a way to transcribe to people who can't read music because of Eddie Van Halen. So yeah, I think and thank you Eddie for that because uh, yeah. that definitely helped me out as a 13-year-old kid trying <laughs> to learn how to play your songs. I could yeah. not have done that with sheet music by any means. Um so you're not an original member of Saliva. You joined a little bit in, but really early on, how did you get the call to join that band? Did you know those guys? Were they in the same scene as you? Um how did that happen? Uh yeah, there was another drummer for a very short period of time named Todd Poole, who I'm actually still friends with to this day, uh, uh, fellow Memphis boy. Um, we're talking back in like pretty much like local band days, but uh, um, something happened with I, I was in other bands in Memphis where the, the saliva's from Memphis and I was in other bands and and I knew those guys basically from just playing shows, like being in a local band and playing a show with other local bands kind of thing, sure, you know? Sure. So we weren't really friends per se, but we knew, we, we knew of each other, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and then something happened between Todd and, and the band and he Todd decided to leave the band for whatever reason. Like I said, we're talking very early, kind of like local band type scenario um definitely wasn't any money being made or anything like that at the time um and josie had just known my drumming and from again from just doing shows and and he uh as soon as they they needed a drummer he he was like i want to get that kid paul crosby because like i I think he's like he he basically thought i was one of the best better drummers in memphis at the time and loved my style of playing um so basically, he just got my number from somebody, called me, offered me the gig straight out, right? Of course, it, like I said, at the time, it wasn't really a gig because there was no money. You know? Sure. It was sure. just, uh, it was just you want to be in the band and, you know, kind of local thing. Um, and um, so, I mean, that's pretty much how that happened. He pretty much just called me and offered me the gig. Said he didn't have, don't have to uh, audition or anything. Like, I want you to play the drums for the band. So if you want the gig, it's yours kind of thing. Oh, that's a great feeling, man, where, you know, there's like no pressure to audition. You just, you know, that you got it already and you can just go in and start yeah. working. That's amazing. You, um, 
So you, the band takes off pretty fast after you're in that band. I mean, you guys start playing a lot of like, uh, like bigger, not festival gigs, but like, you know, like here, you know, like radio type gigs with a bunch of other bands on the bill and stuff yeah. like that. And then, uh, and then that you just guys, you start blowing up. Right. So who was the band that, that kind of, I don't want to say took you under your wings, but who's the band that you really learned from when you were on the road playing all those type of gigs? Was there a certain band where you're like, okay, this is next level. I, I understand like how we need to be. Was there, because it's like you basically just did local shows and then you went from that to boom. So was there anything, any right. band that grabbed you where you're like, oh, these guys. Well, the thing is, is uh, at, at that time, uh, lots of bands that were coming through Memphis national bands, obviously. Um, and, and at that time they were, it was bands that are huge today, but weren't that huge then. So they, they was coming to our little clubs and stuff like that. Like, you know, um, so I, I mean, corn sticks out, corn, Deftones, all of those bands from that era, Limp Biscuit, all of those same, uh, you know, same types of bands, man. That's kind of like where we kind of what we felt like we fit in with. We didn't ever set out to um, to be like those bands. We were already kind of like writing and doing what we did, and it just kind of happened to fit in at that right time with what was kind of going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, right, right place, right time for sure. Um, I'm a huge Kiss fan. Absolutely love the old stuff. What was it like touring with them and Aerosmith? That was the tour where Kiss and Aerosmith, like they flip flopped each night, right? Like somebody headlined the one night, then somebody headlined the other night. Is that how that tour worked? Well, when you run it. Uh, that's that is the tour that uh, that is the tour that that you're referring to. But the thing is, is originally it was going to be all four original members of Kiss. Um, and then Aerosmith, obviously, all original members. That's how it's always been for the most part. Um, yeah. And they were going to flip-flop every night. But then something happened before the tour. When we got booked on the tour, that's how it was going to be. Okay. But something happened before the tour started with Kiss and Ace Freely. I guess he wasn't happy or something with money. I, I don't know what, what it was, something sure. business-wise in their camp. And he decided to back out. So then when it became, uh, whenever they didn't have all four original members, I guess the Aerosmith camp kind of said, well, then we don't want to do the flip-flop thing. You know what I'm saying? So then it went to, it was just us, then Kiss, then Aerosmith every night. Okay. Okay. Uh, how amazing was that? I mean, that. that it was a dream come true, uh, bucket list type stuff, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and you got to play. Do you get to play a lot of famous? Do you, do you play Madison Square Garden or any or the Forum or any of the big famous arenas on that tour? Man, I'm going to be completely honest with you. <laughs> Not long, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't really. I don't. I don't. I know we played. You know that one was mainly like amphitheaters and like baseball stadiums and stuff. So wow. they were pretty much. From what I remember, all outside shows. Oh, you know that's what I'm saying? killer. Yeah. We did play the baseball stadium in Detroit. I know that. Um, and that one was the only one that there was another band on, um, uh, Ted Nugent. So okay. that one, it was uh, Saliva, Ted Nugent, Kiss, and Aerosmith. Okay. Well, that makes sense, too, because Ted was so huge in Detroit, just like Kiss. I mean. Yeah, he's, he's a Detroit guy. Yeah, man. Yeah, huge, huge. Um, are you a baseball guy at all? I... Well, I live in Houston, even though I'm originally from Memphis. I've lived in Houston from two, uh, since 2009. I'm an Astros fan, 
But okay. I don't want to say I'm a baseball guy. Like I don't sit there and watch every game all season. But if our sure. team, if our team's doing well during the playoffs and stuff, of course I get behind them and watch those games. I just don't have the time for all that. I'm, I'm you know. Oh yeah, totally uh, busy with busy, scoring but, and recording. But, but, but if I have to pick a team, it's definitely going to be the Astros. Now on the bus during baseball season, our sound guy Phil, he's from New York, so he's a Yankees fan, obviously. And you know we we kind of like met pick on each other throughout the season and stuff. You know what I mean? Just because, you know, but nice. the, the reason why I asked was, is, you know, I've never gotten to the level that you've been at. And I'd always wonder, man, what would it feel like playing in a baseball stadium? Like, I mean, you know, knowing was, that, you know, people, yeah. pl- you know, play baseball there and you're playing a rock show there. I mean, that just had to be and, phenomenal. And there's more people there than there would be at the baseball show because there's people all on the field too, all the way up to the stage. So a- absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I want to ask a question for the aspiring musicians that listen to the pod because um, they're always curious. I'll get a lot of emails and messages about, um, hey, you know, how do I get my music, you know, on TV or on our movies or soundtracks? It's like a big thing that a lot of people are trying to do. And I know you guys in Saliva had a lot of stuff with WWE, right? Yeah. Do you sure have did. any um, advice for those musicians on how to make that happen or can you give like a little background on like how that that uh because it seemed like you guys have a really good relationship with them so was there so yeah. how, did, how did that happen if you don't mind me asking we ha- we actually did well, as far as the wwe goes uh isn't it called the wwf again now or something no they can't have- they can't because of the the wildlife yeah right yeah. <laughs> so the wwe thing um um we actually did several entrance scenes i know we did batista we did the dudley boys we did some other stuff for them too on some just some of their music soundtrack type things but you know something like that a big deal like that comes along with a big management team and a you know record label at least we're talking like back at back in those days you know but now nowadays I still say it helps to have at least a good a good manager. You know what I mean? You need somebody on your team that has contacts for sure, because it's really you know the bulk of who you know helps a lot. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so especially now where music is so accessible, like anybody can release a record. You know, and so there's a, there's such an abundance of of uh, more bands and fewer record labels and real type record deals you know what i mean to be had so it's it's a lot harder you know you really it really is you really gotta get with a good team of people that have really good legit contacts and and kind of work it that's the best case scenario i'm not saying it's impossible on your own i'm just saying it's a lot harder um it definitely uh i would say a big piece of advice is to know that in this the, the music industry today, when you're starting off, definitely have a budget because you're it's you're it's you'll ha- it'll be next to impossible to get anybody to do anything for you pro bono or for free. Like it's those things don't really happen anymore. Yeah. But so like, you know, whereas back in the day, a, a, a record, a big record label would have a radio department, a, a marketing department, et cetera, et cetera. Now all of those departments are independent companies. So you got, if you're an independent band and you want to do a single push at radio, you have to hire the radio team now, right? That costs money. If you want to market it, you hire the marketing team, PR, boom, boom, boom. Back in the day, you got the big money record deal and they had all of those people on their team. 
You know what I mean? Right, right. right. And then they write the big checks, and then you could you never you get to be a big star, but never pay them back, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, they're just finding. I mean, here's the thing: if they put the team together for you back in the day, you know, they know what's going on. Everybody's working together as a team, and you're independent now. It's <laughs> like you got to hope this guy or this person does well, or this girl does well, and 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 it's like you have one part of that team not pulling the weight that can definitely affect what's going on with with absolutely. Stuff. It definitely costs money to to uh, to try to get anywhere in the music in the in the actual music world today as a startup band for sure. You know what I mean? Unless you just want to grind it out unnecessarily for years on end. You know what I mean? To make a little headway, you, you just start off, get the right people around you, follow their advice, make sure you have a budget, and you you at least got a fair shake. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I completely know what you mean. Hey, with the wrestling thing. Did you uh, get to meet any of the wrestlers? Did any of the wrestlers give you any feedback on on the songs that, that were in the shows or anything like that? We got to go to we uh, we played WrestleMania 18, by the way, in Toronto at Toronto oh, Sky. Oh, how cool yeah. is that! How cool! Yeah, is that? and so we got to fly in a day a day early for rehearsals, so we actually all got to get in the ring and like wrestle each other. We and we realized awesome. just how tiring it is just being in that ring. I couldn't imagine doing that for how long they do it, but we did get to go to, uh, we met a lot of the wrestlers that day cause they were all rehearsing as well. We played the Dudley boys entrance theme during WrestleMania 18 and the Dudley, while the Dudley boys walked out to their match and they jammed out on stage with us. It was really cool. Wow. Then we got to go, of course, to all the other, the big, uh, private after party you know for we met every wrestler got to meet the rock i mean all the big guys john cena all that man it was those guys treated us like family it was That's pretty so cool. epically amazing man were you a wrestling guy at all were you into it when you were a kid or older or anything like that not like yes and, and me and my my brothers and my dad would we would have wrestling matches in the yard you know we, we were and we would watch it stuff like I wasn't like over the top, got to have the T-shirt, the, the wrestling belt, the whole nine. But we yeah. did watch it. And you know what I'm saying? Um, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's got to be super cool. I, I mean, unbelievable. So what, I want to ask one last question before we get into the new band. Um, you did some touring during the pandemic, right? I mean, we're still in the pandemic, honestly. Um, how difficult was that to pull off? Can you get the, our listeners an idea of what, how different it, it is trying to tour during the pandemic compared to touring when we didn't have this pandemic? Right. Well, for us, we, we, uh, somehow, some way were fortunate. Uh, well, we, we were, when the COVID lockdowns happened, we, we were sitting still for about four months, I think. And then we figured out how to, like, we just, there wasn't any restrictions in South Dakota or very few. So we went to play in South Dakota. We went to Alaska. We kind of like, we're just, able to find the places that were still able to have shows and book shows there. You know what I mean? So we were fortunate, but we did sit still for about four months, but, but even, uh, you know, things are starting to get more and more back to, to how they were before now. Um, but even, you know, over this past year, things were still a little, little, you you never knew what you were going to get. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially at some of the venues that were, you had to show proof of vaccine or this or that, you know, you good luck drawing people to that. Some of you're going to lose some folks there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some people will come, but some people won't just on based on that principle, but we were really good at adapting and finding ways to make it work. But, but like I said, now it kind of seems like things are feeling more and more 
how they're supposed to. So I think next year is going to be pretty much full board. We're just back in business, you know. How are you feeling the crowds? You feeling the crowds are really excited to be seeing live music? Can you can you grab that from the stage? Are you feeling a different vibe? Absolutely. And I can tell you this as I think that in hindsight, that the shutdown, as horrible as it was for people, and then people lost their houses and things, jobs, I get all that. That part's horrible. But as far as reinvigorating the rock music, live rock music scene, I think it was actually a good thing because there was things that become stale and just so mundane and the same everything. And it was just, it just reached the point of, it just plateaued. And then you take it away from people for a while and then they realize, A, how much they really enjoy going to live shows and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, And then B, all the other bands had nothing to do but write all this new material and younger, newer bands writing newer stuff. So it kind of even... The newer music you're hearing come out now is is a, is a little bit tinged different than it was, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, because it's kind of the, the genre is kind of changing back more into like an active rock kind of touch of pop kind of, you know, 2000 kind of era of 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 rock is what I'm kind of hearing out of it. But definitely as far as the, the live part portion of it goes, you can tell people are more excited again that they're not taking it for granted as much. You know, they're feeding off more, you know, sending out more energy at the shows. So yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's like that old Cinderella song. Don't know what you got until it's gone. Right. And then they're getting it back. Right. And it's like, they're getting excited about it. It's really, that's great to hear, man. Um, let's talk about the new band. Okay. Um, how did the new band come together? I mean, you're playing with two, two of your sons, right? Yeah. And then, and then, and then, a, and then a bass player that's not related, right? It's not right. A full, not a full on related friend, band. Right? So, he's <laughs> nice. like, he's like that. My my kids call Richie Uncle Richie, so I mean it's like awesome. you know what I mean. He's 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 I like him more than I like you know at least one of my brothers. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. So, so we're good. So how's but, it uh, how did it come about? It also happened uh, during the COVID lockdowns. Um, I was just writing some didn't have nothing else to do, so I was just writing some 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 of my own songs or whatnot, just writing. And then I had Richie coming over to, I was like, Hey man, I need some bass lines. So I'd have him come slap some bass on it. And, uh, Sean was bored as well. And he, and he was like, let send me, I was, I was just like, Hey, check out these songs. I'm writing. You know what I mean? And he, and he was like, let me sing on one. So he sang on one. Then it kind of morphed into, well, let's just write some stuff together. And then we brought Zach in my other son, Zach Crosby in to sing on some stuff. Then we decided we were going to do an EP and just uh, and just release it on our own just because, you know yeah. what I mean? Something to do. Yeah. Um, and then after we got to the five or six songs that we were talking about releasing, we were like, man, these songs are really good. Let's keep writing. So our, we, we were we, we kept writing. So we, we decided to do a full record. And then, uh, you know, we sent it to some labels, got an offer from Wake Up Music Rocks. And uh, then we're, you know. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So you decided that was, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you was, were you deciding to go the singles route like a lot of people are doing nowadays? I just had uh, John Crabbe on the show and he was talking about doing like he's just releasing singles and, he, and it's just kind of like that thing that he thinks is going on right now. Or are you going to do a full length? So I'm glad you answered that question for me before I even had a chance to ask it. Um, another question I want to ask. This is kind of cool. So you're writing a lot of the guitar riffs and stuff like that for the for the stuff that you were writing in the beginning. Yeah. 
at the, in the beginning, it, it started off kind of like my ideas and stuff that I was working on. And then Sean and their kids got involved and stuff. But then obviously after we decided to be abandoned and kind of write a record, you know, they all had their own ideas. So uh, now it's, you know, I could write, I, Sean and Zach have been doing the bulk of the writing uh, lately. I have like maybe two, I have one song on the record that I pretty much wrote the whole thing. And then a couple that I wrote parts of, they were my ideas in the beginning. And then the rest, so there's some Zach songs and then songs that were Sean's ideas, but nobody's written a complete pretty much like a complete song we've between me zach and sean we have all collaborated co-written somehow some way on everything and uh and to answer your earlier question too where we just released our first single obviously um it's called say something and um we're gonna release probably at least two more singles between now and like say mid spring and then probably drop the full record off after that. So we are doing the singles thing, but only a couple because we're a brand new band. No one's ever heard of us, even though I'm in saliva and all that good stuff, but we're a brand new band. So I wanted to get, you know, a few songs out first before you just, just drop a single and go be, a, you know, play shows that nobody knows any of the songs. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard to do yeah. that. They got to be familiar with it because if they're not familiar with it, they're going to be staring at you, looking at you right. while you're playing it's the song. It's going to be weird for yet. both of us. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. And then you got the video for the song, too, which I got which yeah. I got to see. Really cool. Really cool stuff. Um, so you all write together, which I think is awesome. Um you ever have to be a dad and separate the brothers from arguing during writing a song or is it all just very cohesive and just flowing? Very, all very, very uh, cohesive. Um, it's definitely, we haven't really had to ha have, have any of that conversation. They, they get along great and they write well together. It's more so me interjecting on certain things and, <laughs> uh, and then and then me having to step back and think, wait a minute, they're the younger ones. They they know what's going on now. They know what's in. They know more than I do as far as like what's going to work and what's not. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So then sometimes then we'll find somewhere to meet in the middle, and it kind of seems to be working like that. You know, that's that's awesome. And then uh, so when they were younger, did you uh, did you ever take them on tour? Did they, they get to see you play? Like, where do you think they got the bug to play? Do you think it was from you, basically? I don't, I mean, I guess so. I know that I I definitely encouraged them from, right from, you know, the jump to, to you know, Sean is my firstborn son. And when he came out, I was already in a band playing, you know, I mean, it was, for, so of course there's pictures of, of me. We're actually going to add to our, uh, our website, coldwords.com. We're going to add soon a little folder I've been compiling of pictures of me and them, like when they were like tiny and then, and then maybe when they were teenagers and in other bands and stuff like that. So it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool. But I definitely encourage them musically uh, from the time they came out of the womb. Um, of course, their desire for it, that that came naturally as far as, you know, I, I could you can lead a horse to water, like I said, you know. Initially, I remember buying Sean a set of drums when he was probably maybe 10 or younger, a little younger, and he played them for a minute, but he then he got a guitar, and then, you know, he's a guitar player now, and he's a singer, so I tried to make him a drummer, but... <laughs> it wasn't work. happening. But yeah, I think, you know, them growing up with me uh, being in a band, and especially after Zach was born, when Zach was born, I was already in Saliva, 
And I think things started when Zach was like two, maybe three, when things started taking off like really big for us. So he's kind of been around it. And, um, you know, Sean would come out on tour with me usually every summer when he was in his early to late teens for at least a couple of weeks and like ride the bus and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, I always made sure if they, you know, uh, like made sure they knew how to taught him how to kind of like record in the beginning. If they needed some gear, a guitar, get them a guitar, a mic, a blah, blah, blah. And made sure that they had at least what they, you know, if they needed something to help them progress musically to, you know, make sure they had it. They kind of just really, man, I, I didn't, I had, didn't have to do a whole bunch of coaching. It just kind of came naturally to them. And they're just both like Uber really good at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. As a dad, I'm a, I'm a fellow dad too. It's really cool to see that stuff. Um, when did you, when did you start real? Did they ever play in bands together or no? No, 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 no. Because Sean, they have different moms. Zach grew up in Memphis where he still lives to this day. He was born okay. in Memphis and Sean, uh, he was born in Bermuda. My dad was in the, uh, the, the Navy and his mom's dad was in the Navy. That's oh, how wow. we met in Bermuda. So Sean lived in Memphis with me until, after Bermuda, we moved to Memphis. And I think when he was about four, me and his mom split up and she moved away and all that stuff. So I'd get him in the summers and, you know, the, the visitation type of thing, um, that, that type of a deal. Okay. When did, uh, when did you realize that both your kids had it, you know, music wise, when could you see like, Oh, like, you know what, this band that they're in, like, you know, separate bands they were playing in where you're like, this is actually pretty darn good. Like, when did you start? Well, any project any of them have ever been in, either of those two have ever been in. And I'm not saying this just because they're my kids, but they were always eons better than everyone else in whatever project it was. Whereas not saying that the other guys, the other kids weren't great because they were good, but they were just, 10 steps ahead you know what i'm yeah. saying the other kids didn't suck it was just for some reason mine just it just had a little extra something to it you know i could tell i was like man these, they're they're not this ain't a hobby you could tell it wasn't just a hobby for them you know what i yeah. mean like I felt it so yeah that's really cool i was i was i always wonder about that i played in a band with a with a drummer whose both parents were musical and played in a band together and it's like you could always tell that he just had it you know what I mean? Like it was yeah. like he was a drummer like yourself, right? But he was writing stuff and I always joke around because all the drummers I knew before just drummed. They didn't pick up instruments unless they moved them out of their way. You know what I mean? But he uh right. he he played some guitar, he'd write some stuff, but then he'd be like writing keyboard stuff, he could sing harmony. Like there's all these little things he picked up and his dad was a drummer and his mom was a singer and his dad sang a little bit too and you could just I believe it's in the blood, man. Genetically, I really do. I really feel like you can do it if you if you don't, you know, if you don't have any. Par my parents didn't play, but I feel like you almost have that next little umph to it if you if it is in your blood. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, especially being around it, like you know, like your one son going on tour with you a little bit over the summer. I mean, how much of an amazing experience was that for him? Probably thinking like, yeah, this is what I want to do. You know what I mean? Well, whenever Sean, my oldest, I think I want to say he was maybe. 17 or so uh we were on tour and there was a band that was on tour with us uh at the time they were in a they were in, they were on a bus too they weren't in a van it was like a bus tour 
and their rhythm guitar player, something happened like three days before the tour started. And he either couldn't do the tour or left the band. Something happened. And right. I was like, look, so I told the band, I said, look, man, that when they hit me up, they said, do you know any good rhythm guitar players that could, could learn this stuff this quick? And I said, look, hear me out on this. My kid, he's only 17, but he's fucking good. And he can, he can, I'm telling you, he can pull, he could do this. Right. And they were like, all right, well, I get, put him in contact. And there was him and, uh, it was between him and another dude. They had to like do some kind of audition or whatnot. And he, and he got the gig. So he actually was on tour with my band wow. in another bus opening for my band. So that was pretty cool. Dude. How amazing is that story? Yeah. I mean, I mean, did you, I mean, would you ever think that, you know, like, <laughs> like you have Not your kid, years. you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's an amazing story, man. So he got to experience what it was like playing big shows with you guys. His dad's playing, headlining, he's opening up. I mean, dude, that stuff is unbelievable. It's so cool. So you've given me a lot of cool information. I mean, it sounds like this project is going to be just really, really cool. Um, like you said, you're going to drop about three singles over the next couple of months, right? Like towards like the spring and then drop the right. whole record and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And I'm assuming probably try to go tour in the summer with it. Maybe is that the plan? Yeah. Yeah. The plan is, is a uh, uh, the, the bare minimum plan is if all else fails, we'll, you know, to, to maybe go do a, a cup, two or three weeks with saliva uh, and I'll play drums for both bands. Um, that's worst case scenario. But I mean, if it does well and there's a demand for it and we start getting offers, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll do some more shows. You know what I'm saying? We're going to kind of see how it goes, but I know uh, the video has been out three weeks and we just passed a hundred thousand views like a few, like yesterday or something. Awesome. Things are doing good. It's doing doing decent at radio, man. I think I have a feeling once we get another single or two out there, things will be, you know, great. I, I mean, I've, I definitely have had uh, people offer, for us to do shows already for next year, but I'm setting on it. And I'm, I'm just telling everybody the same thing. I'll hit me back next spring. Let's see what happens. I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know what I mean? I'm not going to pre-plan anything. I want, I want to give it time to marinate, you know? I love that attitude, man, because it's, you're setting yourself up for great success. You know what I mean? And, and that's the best way to go about doing that really, to be honest. Yeah. With I mean, you. I've already done, I've, I've already, you know, I've already done it, uh, every way you can name the ramen from the ramen noodle to, you know, <laughs> In a in a Honda Civic, <laughs> wow! <laughs> With a U-Haul on back to a two two buses and an eighteen wheeler. So I, I you know, I think uh, I think I kind of got a pretty good gist on on how we should approach it. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's great for your kids too because they're learning from someone that's already gone through it, who, who they're yeah. related to, which is awesome. So it's like. It's a great opportunity and experience for them. I'm really excited for you guys. I really am. Um, is there anything you want to add or promote before I let you go? Uh, I mean, I would like uh, anybody listening definitely to go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash cold words, which is spelled C-O-L-D-W-A-R-D-S. Um, and also the name cold words, it's, it's describing like a motion towards the cold, like forwards, but if I'm facing the cold, that's cold words. Um, but I, I mean, my biggest thing, man, is go to our YouTube channel, check out the video and hit the subscribe button, man. Uh, I'm learning, you know, the, the YouTube game's a little harder than everything else, man. It's you can get people to watch your video all day long, but to get them to click subscribe, it's, it's 
It's crazy, it's not right? Quite easy, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, it's definitely do it's us definitely a favor. Hard. Go, go hit subscribe and follow us on all the social medias, man. And there's also Colbert's.com. That's up now. We'll have a merch store up in the next couple of weeks and and be posting updates. That's awesome. Paul, I really appreciate your time, man. You were super generous with it today. Stay safe out there, man. Thanks for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Paul was nice enough to uh, donate a song to us. It's the first single from his new band, Cold Words. It's called Say Something. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe. Take care. Step back.